0: Welcome back to Mocha's Jam. So, this episode is kind of a cool episode. I'm looking at these poems written by young people from a book called In Your Face, Poems About Real Life, that was published by Scholastic. Um, this poetry is, is the copyright of this great book. Um, Organization that's been doing a lot of literary things for so many years. And um, I was um, honored to receive one of the copies. So I will read some snippets of the poems. What I like about it is that these are poems that are kind of different. And so they're powerful and different. So hopefully you will enjoy some of the excerpts. I think I will <clears throat> re- share three of these poems And so, sit back, go get your coffee, your tea. Um, These are pretty clean poems, so I don't think that, you know, a child couldn't hear them. Um, These were written by teenagers, so you use your discretionary um, with that. But um, hang around, and uh, next uh, next, next segment, we'll have the first poem. So this first poem is called Getting Ready, and it's pretty much about a girl. Her name is Deborah Marquardt, and I will talk about the format after I read, uh, share this one with you. I'm the thousand change girl getting ready for school, standing in my bedroom, ripping pants and shirts from my body, trying dresses and skirts. My father at the bottom of the steps is yelling, the bus is coming, here comes the bus. I'm wriggling into jeans, zippers, grinding their teeth, buttons refusing their holes. My brother dressed in five minutes, standing in the hallway, t-shirt and book bag, saying, what's the big problem? I'm kneeling in front of the closet, Foraging the for that great lost other shoe. Downstairs, my father offers advice. Slacks, he's yelling, just put on some slacks. I'm in the mirror matching. <laughs> Earrings, nervous fingers, putting the back to the front. Downstairs, the bus is fuming in the yard. Farm kids with cowlicks licks sitting in rows, everything in a pile on the floor. After school, mother will scream, get upstairs and hang up that mess but i i don't care i'm the thousand change girl trotting downstairs now looking good looking ready for school father pulling back from the steps with disgust giving me that once over saying is that what you're wearing well what i like about this poem is that she kind of like uses like Saying as her mother and father would say to her and kind of put the, the, the audience in the middle of the conversation and kind of giving us visuals with her words, what's going on. I also like that she uses all lowercase and long run on sentences because sometimes teens, that's how they speak. That's how they think and they speak how they think and vice versa. So good job by Deborah on that one. Ah, love, 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 love. When you are a teen, love is make it or break it. And this is a very short poem about love by Angela Medeiros and it's called Forever. You told me that we were going to be together forever. You said that I was yours and you were mine forever. You said that you were going to love me forever. I wish you would have told me that forever is only three months long. This this poem is short and sweet, but what I like about it is the use of repetition. She keeps using certain phrases like, you know, forever and the idea of being together forever. You were going to love me forever. You were mine forever. But when you are a teenager love is pretty much like one month long two months long three months long it's not one year long and so the ironic irony is this that forever is so much shorter than what you think it is especially when you are still trying to figure out love and being a young person experience emotions and those kind of feelings. One thing that young people are very noticing and know is that they're always being watched by people. They're being observed, whether it's by a teacher, by their family member, by a security guard, by someone in the community. And, you know, unfortunately, teenagers also get bad press through the media. Like, you know, here in Chicago, you see young people, young teenagers get in trouble for stealing cars or uh, committing some kind of crime. And their appearance, they're so achingly aware of. So this poem is called Suspicion. A teenager, closely watched by store security, asked to avoid any kind of larceny. Through his eyes, this kid is surely a thief. He surveys her every move, waiting for the act so that he can catch her and set her straight. Straight, unlike her ruly, her tossed, bright red hair, he shakes his head in disapproval. Does she expect people not to stare? Impossible. With her graffiti-colored, oversized jeans, too wide, black, clunky boots, too high, topping it off with nothing at all. Tiny, tight shirt, much too small, thick, silver chains her jewelry no doubt it makes it easy to keep track of her whereabouts thanks to annoying sound they chime they look ridiculous as though enslaving her forcing her to go out in public as she does and yet she seems confident proud of her image security guards wondering when she'll grow up he paces back and forth impatiently as if waiting for her to make the change to maturity even before exiting the store. An adult walks by with grace and class, wealthy blonde, businesswoman in designer clothes, avoiding eye contact, dodging shoppers, heading towards the back of the aisle. The security guard suddenly remembers his objective and searches for a young girl who seems to have cleverly slipped away. He listens for the sounds of the chains, but everything is instantly drowned out by the noise of the alarm system. Justice. With a smirk of satisfaction, he turns to face the scene to catch a glimpse of the culprit as she lowers her blonde head in shame. The red-headed teenager pays for her blue nail polish. Rene Gavour. I like this poem a lot because this the security god is. So busy looking at this young person. He has made a whole judgment on her based on her appearance. And then the blonde comes into the frame. And she's actually the one that actually is doing something illegal. And the young girl that he was surveying all the time, she was at the cash register paying for her nail polish. See, this is why you can't always think you know somebody by their appearance. This is a good piece. Before we end this, I want to give you some tips on, like, you know, you're listening to some great poems, but just to challenge yourself on how to start poems. How I used to teach poems was in so many different ways. I did acrostic poems. This is a poem that's kind of like you write a word down the left side of a page. So say like, my name is Mocha, M-O-C-H-A. I will put M as something, O as something, C as something, H as something, and A as something. You can also take newspaper or magazine article, cut up lines or phrases and words, toss in a paper bag, pull them out at random, and then you can create a poem based off of that. Um... You can use some rhyming, but I'm not a fan of rhyming all the time because it's really hard to rhyme throughout. Um, But you can do off rhymes. You can do perfect rhymes. Okay, what's a perfect rhyme? It's like cat, hat, sat, that, or something like that. Off rhymes are are a little bit different. Um, I would say also pull out a picture or some kind of art and think of something put some good music on some jazz some blues or something or something instrumental and you could write a good poem off of that you can write about a dream or use images from a dream that you can remember to write a poem a recipe i used to do recipe poems all the time and i know it sounds weird but it's like take a big cup of love take a half cup of friendship. You know, think about how a recipe is written and write a poem off of it. It is fun to do. And memory poems are fun. I remember the time, my memories, my memory of dad, you know, things like that. Just These are great ways to, to kind of like start poems. And you don't always have to have a, a title, but if you want to have a title... You know, something crazy to get somebody's attention like my shoes were talking, (laughs) my cat was rapping or my cat, my cat on a bad day, you know, something different because I think, you know, you have to continue to mix up things to make it fun for yourself and for your readers. So those are just some, some habits. And I'll read one more poem, um, it's called Supergirl, and kind of like a "Who Am I" poem. I used to do a lot of "Who Am Who Am I" poems with young people to have them paint a picture of themselves, their personality. Who are they? What do they see themselves as, etc. This is a very short poem by Angela Don, uh, Johnson. It's called Supergirl. I used to be a Supergirl. Everybody said so. Left tall buildings in a single bound and always said thank you to my elders. Carried bags for people who couldn't and saved cats out of trees on bright summer days. Always brushed my teeth after meals too because the Supergirl manual said so. But it's hard staying a Supergirl and sometimes no good deed goes unpunished. I used to be a Supergirl. So in this poem, they don't tell us why they stopped being a supergirl. I guess you have to use your imagination on that. Um she kinda also says no deed goes unpunished, letting us know maybe she was doing good, but she got you know it was a it was a, a bad thing that happened if and she was trying to be good. Um the narrator gives us All these things that they're saying, they try to be good. So those are the poems for the day. This is a great, um, novel. I mean, this, this anthology, I always like looking at youth anthologies because, you know, it's just really great to see and hear their words. And also in this anthology, they have, uh, self-portraits, uh, drawn by young people as well. So, um. That's all I got for you today. Until next week, I'll talk to you soon.